I'm fly like an eagle, I'm yelling go birds. He's sniffing the end zone, I'm feeling like hers. Scramble out the pocket, boy, it's the first. Like Davis, we blitz and put him in the dirt. Working big plays, I'm feeling like slaves. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back into the 610 podcast. I'm your host, Jay Hollihan, and I'm back here on this Friday evening recapping the Philadelphia Eagles 34-28 victory over the Minnesota Vikings. This was a game, um, you know, home opener, a lot of excitement, you know, with that. Um, some people that arrived to the link a, a little earlier, just a tad earlier than the uh, than the gates opened for fans to come in. And yes, I'm referring to the knucklehead that was there at 4.30 in the morning, the wee hours yesterday. Um, you know, wow. That's uh, that's commitment right there when you're not getting paid to, to be there that early. But, hey, he got some exposure for being on TV, so, you know, why not? Um, but the Eagles, you know, came into this game, and there was a lot of questions that the offense and the defense, but specifically the offense, Jalen Hurts, needed to answer. You know, could they overcome that rough week one game against the New England Patriots where, you know, the offense really didn't have it and... They struggled at times to get things going, and, you know, it, they looked stagnant. Could Brian Johnson overcome that? And, you know, I really thought they did. I thought they got things going offensively, so we'll talk about that. And defensively, they were dealing with injuries. You know, you had Reed Blankenship out. You had Nicobe Dean placed on IR. James Bradbury was out. Uh, offensively as well, Kenneth Gainwell injured um so got to see deandre swift and we got to see a lot of deandre swift so i'll be talking about that here um as well so let's get right into it you know this game started off in the first quarter and i was so appalled at what i was seeing by this eagles unit i could not believe just the play calling was horrendous it was obvious what they were doing it didn't seem like, you know, the offense really had that same feel to it last year against Minnesota. Um, I mean, give Brian Flores credit. I thought he did a good job, you know, disguising things early on for Jalen Hurts, and I thought he he did a solid job there. But eventually, they leaned on that offensive line, and I'll talk about that um, as well. But yeah, early on, you know, I thought they went they went right down the field on Minnesota. They got a field goal, drive stalled. Um, you know, inside the Vikings 10, a huge bomb down the field by Hertz to Devontae Smith for 54 yards. Um, and then they couldn't do anything. I mean, the play calling was horrendous once they got inside the 10. And then, you know, for the Vikings, they were, uh, tur started turning the ball over. I mean, you know, you started to see, uh, you know, a big, Fumble recovery right away by the Eagles off a punt return where Brandon Powell put the ball on the turf. Um, you know, but then Jalen Hurts gave it right back to Minnesota. Then the Vikings just one play. Um, Alexander Madison gives it right back to the Eagles. And, you know, now you've got the ball with some momentum. But that was all for naught. Uh, you know, you see Jalen Hurts on a designed quarterback draw, which I, sitting from my 
couch in my basement. I was able to call out the play. I mean, if I can do that, you know, you know that we've got a problem on our hands. Jake Elliott misses a field goal, back-to-back, you know, drives for the Eagles right after they get points or get a turnover, I should say. They come up empty, and then the Vikings go right down the field, and they get six. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins to TJ Hawkinson, and it's seven to three, just like that. Um, and then the Eagles go right down the field. And I don't know what the conversation was, but it must have been we need to run the ball to Andre Swift. And Swift got going. You just saw that offensive line there leaning on that offensive line. It looked like the offense that was the second half of 2021, um, an offense that was really leaning against that veteran offensive line. And DeAndre Swift was using great field vision, um, excellent job getting through holes. He was real shifty. He did an excellent job there. And then Jalen Hurts with the automatic uh, QB sneak that put the Eagles up 10-7. to Eagles get the ball back thanks to another Minnesota Vikings fumble, this time courtesy of the best receiver in the league, Justin Jefferson. Coughs one up, um, you know, and then the Eagles go down the field utilizing the run again. It was that deadly. They were able to get Elliott. Jake Elliott, a 61-yard field goal. He knocks it through. He, you know, after missing a long one, he comes right back and puts one through, and it's 13-7, and you're heading into halftime feeling good. Vikings come out. They cough up the ball. Yet again, Josh Sweat with a strip. Big Fletch with the recovery. And then Jalen Hurts, again, automatic inside the 10. And uh, they get it to the 1 with the DeAndre Swift uh, run. And Jalen Hurts, that QB sneak, puts the Eagles up now 20-7. to the Vikings' next drive would stall. It was a deep bomb from Hertz to Devontae Smith, and it's 27-7. And now you're feeling really good as an Eagles fan, but the Vikings come back. To the Vikings' credit, you know, I think they... I mean, first of all, I, I just got to throw this out there. Kirk Cousins did have a decent amount of time, but there was a lot of holding by that Vikings O-lineman. Um... I don't know why the reps swallowed their whistles on a few of them. Eventually, they finally called some. But that game, I think, was a little more competitive thanks to the referees not making calls. But we're not going to make excuses here. Um, and, you know, you got to do a better job if you're Josh Job. You know, he was asked to grow up uh, in just a couple of days because he was your outside number two starter. Um, with Avante Maddox at nickel, and then Avante Maddox goes down. So, you know, you're just kind of like, wow, what next? Uh, what are you going to do next? And then the Eagles have to call up Mario Goodrich. Um, and he struggled out there, but, you know, with Maddox hurt and, um, and where that kind of is now, and I believe it is, you know, looking and sounding like it's going to be a season-ending injury to Avante Maddox, who just, you know, cannot catch a break. I mean, he really cannot catch a break. He's always, it seems like every time, you know, you, you turn around, the guy's getting hurt. It's a shame, but, you know, you got to have that next man up mentality. 
And, you know, Josh Job, if this wasn't played on Thursday Night Football, I wonder if he may not have gotten the start. Maybe James Bradbury would have been okay. But with just three days, and really two, to get right before a Thursday Night Football game, and I'm not going to be one of those guys that's like, oh, we need to, you know, you know, we need to completely cancel out Thursday Night Football just because it affected my team. But I do think the NFL should consider maybe starting Thursday Night Football a little bit further back, maybe like first week of October, you know, week five-ish, where it's, you know, it's every team has, you know, gotten through reps, you know, um, because a lot of starters don't play anymore in preseason. And, the, you know, you see that with the Eagles, obviously, here. Um, and with that being the case, you know, with a lot of guys trying to get into game speed again, that leads leaves a lot of room for injuries to happen. And you're, you know, you saw it last night and you saw, saw guys being held out of games because the Eagles wanted to be cautious. Um, but anyways, you know, I thought Justin Jefferson, who, if I remember correctly, was only held to four catches for 25 yards in that first half. Um, at least at one point in that first half, those were his stats. He may have had a little bit more, but I mean, it, it was not, he was not dominating. That second half, he took off. He finished with 11 catches, 159 yards. And listen, people are probably thinking to themselves, well, Darius Slay just had terrible coverage. Slay did a good job. I mean, there were some just really terrific throws by Cousins. Slay was everywhere. I mean, he was on Justin Jefferson a couple times in that fourth quarter. I mean, holding Jefferson to what Slay held him to last year, week two, you know, you might as well play the lottery because luck is very much on your side. Justin Jefferson is one of, if not the, in my opinion, he is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Um, but there were some balls that it looked like Slay was going to pick off. I mean, I, you know, was, you know, excited. I was getting up pumping my fist a couple times because I thought Slay had an interception and it looked like it from the camera angle. And it was Justin Jefferson hauling in an, a 12-yard first down completion. So with all this being considered, I think Slade did a solid job. And you also have to remember who is opposite now of Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison. You saw the rookie firsthand what he can do with that long touchdown reception. You know, no offense to Adam Thielen, but I think Addison's a, a bigger threat to defenses than Adam Thielen is. Um, and as well, they have tight end. TJ Hawkinson, you know, one of the better tight ends in the game. Um, he's he's uh, just just a tad bit better than Tyler uh, Conklin, I think, just a tad. Um, so all that being considered, I thought the Eagles secondary, they collapsed in the second half, but when you think about who was really out there on the field, you had Terrell Edmonds starting in place of Reed Blankenship and... I mean, Edmonds was not playing in the box. He's more of a box safety, and they have him back there um, in a lot of cover two schemes. It's just, it's it's not working. It doesn't look, it. he's not a safety that can sit 10, 20 yards covering deep downfield. That's not him. He's a guy that plays in the box. He's a, he, he's a tackle machine. That's what he is, you know, that's what he can offer best for your team. Um and, you know, you had Morrow in there. I thought it was going to be Christian Ellis, but I heard a lot more Nicholas Morrow on the field. 
So they were kind of, you know, experimenting with that uh, linebacker spot that is vacant right now with N'Kobe Dean being hurt. So, you know, again, consider all that. But that's the defense. Offense, oh, one more thing. Two more things. Number one, Jordan Davis has gotten so much better from last year to this year as a pass rusher. I mean, he can, you can't go one-on-one with him. And if you double him, you then have to deal with Jalen Carter, and you saw him make some really good plays. And then if you double him, you're one-on-one with Jordan Davis. And, you know, if those two guys aren't going to get there, you saw Josh Sweat. You saw Sweaty J making some plays. You saw Brandon Graham disrupting some things. Fletcher Cox, I mean, he's in his 13th season. Uh, actually, no, excuse me, 12th season, rather. And he looks, you know, as 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 good as ever as you can expect for a rotational uh, defensive tackle. Fletcher Cox um, doing a great job. Would like to have seen Hassan Reddick be a little bit better. I thought he got uh, lackadaisical at times in pass coverage. Um but, you know, I'd like to see them improve upon that uh, against the Buccaneers and as we keep moving forward throughout the season. Reddick started off slow last year. You know, I remember at times being, you know, you know, yelling at the TV because I thought Reddick wasn't holding his own. Um, and look what he did last year with, you know, among the league leaders and sacks. So you got to take all that into consideration as well. Uh, but offensively, leaning on that offensive line, I keep saying it, but DeAndre Swift... Saw what he can do. 28 carries. 28 for a buck 75 and a touchdown. When was the last time you saw an Eagles running back with close to 30 carries? When was the last time you saw an Eagles running back with 30 carries? With 175 yards. That was a great performance last night by DeAndre Swift. The hometown kid showing up. Um... You know, and it was real funny in the locker room after the game. They're asking him if he ever had a performance like that at St. Joe's Prep. And, you know, he was talking about how they always, you know, anytime they played against LaSalle. Um, and you could, you know, obviously it means a little more for the reporters to have him talking about a a uh, a local team, obviously, because they all, you know, ha- you know, a lot of them maybe cover um, some Friday night high school ball as well. So you think about, you know, all that, um, you know, go, you know, you think about all that uh, and just, you know, the excitement for him, obviously. And, and I mean, DeAndre Swift is going to play with the chip on his shoulder. Jamal Williams last year, and I know because I had him as my fantasy running back, DeAndre Swift, a lot of times inside the 10, inside the 5. The reason why J- Jamal Williams should not have led the league in rushing touchdowns. I mean, I, I like Jamal Williams as much as the next person. I think he's a funny guy. But he had all those rushing touchdowns that probably should have been DeAndre Swift's. I'm just throwing that out there. And I thought Swift, he's trying to put a lot of uh, a lot of haters to bed with his field vision and a lot of that other stuff that people have been talking about. You know, and, and I thought he did a really good job there last night of doing that. Um, wanted to address as well address as well the AJ Brown uh, instant on the sidelines. Listen. This city, obviously, and I feel like the you know media itself. Anytime you see a wide receiver and quarterback, you know, having a disagreement on the sideline, they are so quick to judge that there's an issue due to the Donovan McNabb Terrell Owens situation. I mean, you know, and the amount of attention that got and that whole breakup, 
you know, you saw it with Diggs and Allen last year where there was a disagreement and people are calling for, oh, Diggs is going to be asking for a trade request. So you saw a lot of that with A.J. Brown um, again, you know, last night. And, I, I mean, listen, I want a guy, I, I want to have a guy on my team that wants the ball. I mean, I would like him maybe to not, you know, be a little, I, I would like him to be a little less, you know, um, how do I put this, vocal uh, during a game and be a little less obvious. I mean, I kind of would like him to just go over and maybe have a private conversation. But he was beating up his defender. I mean, you saw it twice there. He should have had a touchdown. It was called back due to Rashad Penny. He should have had a touchdown again, but pass interference was called. Um, but he's going to get his. He will. I mean, I think there's some frustration, though, maybe boiling over with some of the play calls with Brian Johnson. Trust me, there's a lot of frustration on this end as well with a lot of the passing plays. I mean, it seems like we can't do anything besides have guys run 10 yards down the field. It's like everyone just goes 10 yards, you cut into the middle of the field, you two go deep, and, uh, you know, you know, Jalen Hurts is just back there having to figure it out while he's getting the rush thrown in his face. It's a little ridiculous, in my opinion. We need to be better. We got 10, ga- 10 days now um, before the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. Um, and, you know, you get some, some solid rest going down there against a team that, you know, the Bucs have kind of had the Eagles number. I mean, you know, they're 3-6 and six after that uh, final game at the Vet against the Buccaneers. And they're, uh, and of those games that they they've won two down there in Tampa Bay I believe their record is two and two if I'm not mistaken in Tampa Bay since 2002 since that NFC championship game so take all that into consideration actually two and three counting that 2021 playoff game the Eagles you know can't be focused on that I mean I don't think anyone on this team you know really thinks about the Buccaneers as that team that, you know, unless they were little kids and remember it, I mean, I just don't think anyone really thinks about that game as much. Maybe DeAndre Swift and Hassan Reddick, because they're both Philly boys, they might remember it, but I don't think it. it's the first thing that pops into these players' heads. Uh, it does for us fans, but it doesn't for these guys. So, you know, um, got to go handle your business down there. But right now, you're 2-0, feeling good. I think a lot of us would be feeling a little bit better if this offense, you know, was moving the ball through the air, but they did it on the ground. That was huge. That sends a message to a lot of defenses out there like, "Whoa, okay. We can't we 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 can't just sink back into coverage and worry about Goddard, Brown and Smith. We got to also focus on this run game because, you know, it's looking like it's for real." So, with that being said, I'm going to finish it up here. Thanks, everyone, for tuning into the 610 Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Hollihan. Happy to bring you um, you know, this recap of the Philadelphia Eagles beating the Minnesota Vikings 34-28 in their home opener. Um, I'll have more Eagles uh, you know, conversation to talk about um, further this uh, upcoming week. Um, we'll be back on Friday of next week to preview... Uh, the Eagles taking on the Buccaneers. So for now, thanks everyone for tuning in, um, and I will talk to you next time. E-L-G-L-E-S, Eagles!